Welcome to Weekend in Drama Land, the official podcast of It Started with a KDrama.com. We are dedicated Asian drama lovers that are ready to spread our wings and bring our love for dramas to a whole new media platform. Together we watch a blend of Korean, Chinese, Taiwanese, Japanese, and Thai dramas. On occasion, Filipino dramas as well. As best friends in real life, it's only fitting that we get to share our love for crazy tropes, chocolate abs, killer OSTs, and so much more with all of you. So sit back, relax, close your eyes, and let us guide you through the world of all things Asian dramas. I'm your host, Andrea. And I'm your co-host, Tiff. As a disclaimer, we're native English speakers. While we're expert drama watchers, we're not expert speakers with other languages. We are bound to fail at some pronunciation, so please don't mind our mistakes too much. We will strive to do our best and learn from our errors. In time, we are confident we'll improve. Before we start today's episode, I do want to forewarn you, you may hear fireworks in the background. We are Americans, we are celebrating the 4th of July tomorrow, and my neighbors decided to celebrate tonight. So I apologize if you get distracted by hearing the fireworks. Okay, so... Today's episode is titled, New Releases for the First Week of July and Secretary Kim Episodes 5 through 8. Our focus today is to take a look at the newest Aaron K dramas for this week and to give our first impressions and expectations regarding the content. And of course, we'll round out this episode with discussions on episodes 5 through 8 of What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, because who can resist talking about this drama aloud? Seriously, guys, it's so good. Alright, so we're first going to focus on some dramas that are coming out this week. Our first one is Your House Helper. That actually is going to start airing tomorrow, July 4th, on KBS. But until the time this is already up, it'll probably be the airing date. This drama is going to be a whopping 32 episodes. But keep in mind, that is they're uh 35 minute episodes a piece so they're much shorter than the usual hour now your house helper that is actually based on a webtoon that i don't know anything about yet but it's about a helper who aids a woman whose head and house is a mess and it's starring ha suk jin and bona now tiff and i did both watch a promo of this but as we said we haven't watched or read the webtoon, or really familiar with the story, but Tiff is actually also a little familiar with Ha Suk Jin. She's only ever seen him in D-Day, where his character was kind of a jerk, because he was going blind. But from my understanding, what I was reading, he actually is going to have more of a softer, kind of nicer character. He kind of plays the perfect man whose job is to kind of help a woman to get her personal and her home life together and organized and chaotic. So, no, it could be interesting. What do you think, Tiff? This one's billed as a rom-com? I would think so. Um, seeing how we saw just a small clip of this trailer, like, I imagine that, uh, really bad with names today, Haas Suck. His character seems like, you know, he's just there to help out the lady, but probably he's going to spend more time. And you know what happens when, like, the really cute, awesome guy, 
he spends more time and then they start to build a relationship and it seems like maybe opposites you know he's clean he's organized she's a disaster an absolute disaster <laughs> absolute disaster yes so that's probably how they're going to have their relationship dynamic i'm definitely intrigued by it i, I think it looks really good and i like lighter rom-coms i'm still really washed out from all the other dramas i watched so i need yes. happiness some are too far too heavy and melodramatic. Sometimes you need that change of pace. Absolutely. It's also worth noting that your house helper is actually going to be subbed on Vicky. So yes, there will be an official online source to catch this drama. Which so is this, good. Yeah. Could we have it on the Roku? I think I may have mentioned that on our last uh, podcast. I love Roku. Anyway, so if you have Vicky can definitely watch it. Should be good. Now, our second drama that is going to begin airing this week on July 7th is actually entitled Mr. Sunshine, which you may or may not have heard. It is... <clears throat> the screenplay is written by Kim Eun-suk, who is also the writer for Descendants of the Sun. Yes, they're also behind this drama. So if you're a fan of Descendants of the Sun, it sounds like it's going to have the high amount of production value as Descendants of the Sun had. And it's also pre-produced, which we also know is a good, successful way to make a drama. And anyway, this drama is actually a historical, and it is set... Sometime in like the early 20th century, and it's, star, it's uh, the story of a star-crossed love between a common soldier in the resistance movement against the Japanese occupation and an aristocrat's daughter. Now that summary is direct from hancinema.net, so I'm going to plug them and give credit where credit's due. Now, this is a TVN drama, but Netflix also has the rights to it. So we'll actually see the episodes go up weekly on Netflix as well. So there will be another source. I know some people have been kind of up in arms about Netflix getting into the the drama game and creating issues. But so far, I think this will be a good option, especially this stars Lee Bung-hyun, who is definitely a seasoned actor. And there's a lot of all-star cast and good things and hype surrounding this drama. So it may be something I check out. I don't always go into historical dramas too much, especially when they are more heavy. But this one does have romantic undertones. Hopefully it's not a tragic historical, but that we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Now this is actually a bigger drama because it is showing that there's 24 episodes and the airing schedule shows Friday and Saturday so it looks like we'll be getting two a week. So it's definitely a lot of content so it'll be interesting to see how Mr. Sunshine actually does. What do you think Tiff? Yeah looking over what's written down on our data sheet I don't know, like, I like military-esque dramas, but just I'm worried about it being way too much, like, focused on warfare and, like, a lot of, you know, 
casualties and injuries and I mean war is hell literally but uh, it says that it's gonna be a romance I'm just wondering what the balance is if it's gonna be tilted towards more war or more towards romance I don't know I mean I'm definitely gonna check it out because I like to give things a chance I'm just not sure like right now like I'm in the mindset of oh I want fluffy things I don't know if I want something that's gonna be very sobering I don't know but we'll see yep so there's definitely two dramas coming out this week that are definitely on our radar and if you keep an eye out on the blog it started with a kdrama.com I will likely talk about them if our first impressions as we start to watch them so that is something you can look forward to now those are the only two dramas that caught my attention that I noticed are airing this week so they will just be our focus this time so I guess now that we've got that out of the way we can actually get into the interesting stuff which some of you might be here for and that is our thoughts on Secretary Kim this is episodes five through eight so Tiff I'll let you kick that off since I know you had a lot to say earlier about Secretary Kim (laughs) yeah before we start our episode we usually like talk about what we remember what we don't remember and talk about our conspiracy theories since I'm the one that's apparently gabbing too much today I guess I'll begin so first things first everyone am I only person that absolutely does not like the older brother like the more I watch with this show the more I swear the guy is a sociopath there's something really weird about him maybe it's just the fact that I'm such a hardcore shipper of the two main characters that it's biasing me but once we get into talking about these episodes, maybe you'll see that I'm not crazy. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Andrea? I'm not a big fan either. You may not be able to see me right now, but I'm raising my hand in agreement. The older brother, I'm just not feeling him. I keep telling Tiff that I just feel like there's something that he's hiding. There's just something not good about him. I just get these tingly, bad vibes. <laughs> when it comes to this character and I don't know I just can't get it out of my mind no matter how much I try to think oh maybe he's not that bad it's just like yeah he really is that bad I just don't like him and I can't find my way around that yeah I because I don't like him I always forget what his name is it's Sung Yeon or Yeon I don't know I said before I can't pronounce things all right so I wrote down a little bit of information on episode five but as we go on, like, some of my memory's a little fuzzy because these past two episodes, especially episode eight, has my mind just like, ah, basically. So trying to work on the backstory, I'm a big story-driven person. I love the story. I love little details that you eke out from what you're watching as you go on. So um, there's a lot of backstory that we're starting to get, but there's a lot of stuff that still is not making sense. Uh, for episode five, we have where young Jun really starts showing, like, how crazily possessive he's getting of Misu. So, Misu, wow. Um, in this episode, he tries to ask out Misu at a fancy restaurant. He wanted to, like, you know, officially, like, ask her to date him. But this brother of his messes things up again. Uh, Miso meets up with 
Sung Yeon in front of the fancy restaurant. And of course, little brother cannot stand to see big brother being a ham. Because apparently he's a Lothario. Like, you can see that when he got off the plane and walking around that Sung Yeon really likes to play the ladies. So, we have a fight that breaks out between Miso and Young Jun. They're mad at each other. And of course, Young Jun always overreacts. It's very sad. Um, let's see here. We find, we have, uh, Miso finds out that Morpheus, quotation marks, is actually Young Jun's older brother. And she's recalling what Young Jun has said about what his brother and his brother's friends were like to him. They were really cruel. And things are getting a little awkward between them. So we have like that dynamic going on. And then at the very end of the episode, we have Young Jun trying to kiss Miso. They, um, I'm trying to think where they were at that time. I can't recall offhand. Do you recall? Uh, yeah, I said before, episode five and six are just not sticking with They kind of blend it together. And they did. They were a bit of a blur. Not that they were bad or anything, but it's been two weeks since we saw them. Yeah. But anyway, wherever they are, it might have been in his office. All I know is he tries to kiss her. That might have been when they were working. Was that where they were working together at the office? I think- Was that before or after? I think they're in the office when this occurred. I think. I'm really not sure. All I know is that as he's trying to kiss her, he has a traumatic um, flashback of when he's being held by that woman. And he shoves Miso away. And the office chair she's on, well, she ends up rolling away towards the wall. And that's where it ends in her episode five. And then you can see that in like episode six and moving forward that she was like really mad. Because, I mean, what woman will be mad when a man shoves you away just as he's trying to kiss you? That's like really mixed signals. And she considers that he's playing with her. And I think she used a phrase like, I can't remember what it is offhand, but uh, basically he's messing with her head. So basically he's... On her dog, like, he's in the dog house with her. Like, she's really, really mad at him. And you can see that they end up not talking about personal things. He's trying to apologize, but the way he's trying to apologize is not very good. He's not very good with apologies. If I remember correctly, he was having a conversation with his buddy at work. Yeah, because actually Miso was the first person he ever apologized to. And it was one of the hardest things he ever did. But then after he did it one time, he's like, oh, this isn't so bad. I can do this again and again and again. Yeah. And then Miso's talking to her sisters. And this was actually pretty funny. And basically telling her one sister, the one that's, I guess, in psychiatry or some type of medical field, saying that he has some type of, like, sexual dysfunction. And it was just (laughs) really funny because Miso's just trying to get drunk that night. And she just, yeah, and they're just loud. So everybody else in the the restaurant and bar is, you know, kind of hearing what they're talking about and kind of an embarrassing topic. Yeah, especially when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah, not something you want to publicly discuss. No, you don't. But as she's talking to that friend, because I guess basically this guy is like everyone's go-to for problems uh you sick i like him he's really funny although he can be a bit of an adult at times yeah and some of his advice is really bad like really really bad like comically bad (laughs) but basically they come to the agreement that um 
Young Joon has some type of trauma because that's really weird for him that he would just be shoving someone away after kissing them. And it starts getting the wheels turning, not just for her, but for us viewers, like, like, oh. Like, I mean, we know that he was kidnapped, so, I mean, we have that information that she doesn't, but you wouldn't really think he'd be reacting that harshly. But it's, you know, he has some type of PTSD. Yeah, he just cannot get past that moment in his life. It just replays in a nightmare every single night over and over again. Yeah, and it kind of bothers me because if kissing a woman causes him to have that, what on earth did that woman do to him? Exactly. I mean, even though he was a kid, something had to happen. Because why would it be kissing that would trigger that? But even... But we do know that even in general, he doesn't like being touched by women. He's kind of repulsed by it. Yeah. So definitely something with this woman in particular. Whatever she did when she was kidnapping him really triggered something very serious in young Jim. Because as you see now, he's a full adult. And even though he likes me so, he's struggling to be intimate and touch her. And kiss her. He seems to do okay with grabbing her hand, sometimes a hug, but just seems like whenever they get close in the face, that memory flashes in his head and he's just right away has to pull away. Yeah, we were shown a little bit of information about the woman and sadly I can't remember what her like motive was for taking Young June or anything like that, but I know that like she has like some issues. So I know, so I'm hoping that we get a clearer explanation and, like, understand it better. Because I'm still a bit confused by the whole situation. Anyway, so episode six, it, it really didn't stick in my mind much. But there was where Young Jun and Miso were at a claw machine. And... It was just hilarious how desperate Young Jun was to try to get her this, like, I guess one of the dolls. I don't know at the time if what one he was specifically aiming for. But I it was really cute that even though he failed, that like the next day he went during work hours to go to the claw machine again and he actually got her a doggie. And it's the Remember Me dog. Very adorable. It looks like a Shiba Inu, but I don't know. Really pudgy. <laughs> It's adorable, though. Mm-hmm. And it's worth noting that at that point, Miso's still a bit frosty with Young June because she actually took the day off. She just needed a day away to do her own thing. But when she gets to the point that she takes her day off, she's like, what do I do? Who do I call? Nine years, she's been at Young June's beck and call, and she's like, oh, darn, because of him, I don't have any friends. What am I going to do? And hey, what do you know? Next thing, Young Jun decides to take the rest of his day off so he can crash her day off. Mm-hmm. It was funny. She's like, oh. Oh, she calls him vice chairman, vice director. I forget. She's like, ah. Vice president. Vice president's like, curse yeah. you. And it seems to curse you, but basically it's along those lines. And there he is right behind her. Scares the living crap out of her. And I think she drops her eggs. Or is that another part where she dropped her eggs because he scared the crap out of her? Maybe not. Yeah, that was another part that was Still, that's from, really funny, though. But yeah, that was speaking. from the earlier episode because, remember, she made ramen and yep, that's where she fell on, See, his, on top of him on the bed. And 
Okay, it's coming back to me. Said before, episode six, I'm having a horrible time trying to reconnect it. So basically, he gives her the puppy dog, and they kind of made up, I guess you could say. They're not as angry at one another, especially me, so. So that's good and all. So then we get to the company retreat. Oh, no. much joy was to be had. Oh. Now, this was a fun, memorable episode. Yes. Absolutely. I don't even know where to begin with it, but, like, my favorite parts out of that one that, like, really, really stuck out was where Sarah's padding in her bra, like, one fell out in front of... Oh, go Guinan. I never going to say name right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who she's secretly crushing on is always trying to get his attention, which is why she was dressed the way that she was. Yeah, she's a bit provocative. Yeah, and he's a bit of a piece of work. I failed to mention about his whole situation. Basically, he's super frugal, lives in this apartment complex where he gardens on the roof, and our poor secretary in training, Gia, Gia, she is trying to find a place to live in, and she ends up looking there and oh man basically he threatened her not to say anything about his lifestyle and he really does only have one suit yeah so Gia was completely right yes she was it's kind of funny because once she finds out about his lifestyle where he lives and the one suit all of a sudden he's like paranoid you can't say anything to anyone and all the time at work when she's Mm -hmm. laughing or smiling with somebody else he thinks that she's secretly, you know, outing him because he's all about his reputation at work and all the ladies love him and think that he has like a whole wardrobe of these blue suits. And no, in actuality, he has one suit. And when his buttons fall off, he puts a new button on. Yes, because he has a whole container of backup buttons. Yeah. He's, he really is a piece of work. I don't know. Like, he kind of drives me crazy because every time he sees poor Gia, he's always miming her to zip her lips. <laughs> it's just like, dude, just let it go. I think, to a degree, he's kind of full of himself and a bit of a narcissist. But not in a likable way you know, where young June's kind of cute and quirky and doesn't mean any harm by it. But, I don't know, go Guinam, just... Yeah, he's a jerk. Plain and simple. He's a jerk. So anyway, the retreat, it's pretty funny because they expected that they all were just going to go hang out, make barbecue, drink all day, and do whatever they want to their heart's content. And then, who shows up but Young June? Because, yes, he's got to stay close to Secretary Kim. Of course he does. And that puts a wrench in everyone's plans. So it becomes really funny because they're trying to actually be professional and do what's supposed to be done on this retreat. And it just backfires left and right. <laughs> and then, of course, they have the... I don't want to say the scavenger hunt, but basically they have to find these ribbons with... I forget what exactly it's written on them. But whoever gets, like, the most ribbons gets to win a tablet. So a lot of hijinks occur. I, I, said, I was getting to point about uh, Sarah's pad falling out onto the ground in front of Goguinam and... Secretary Yang ends up throwing his dress coat or suit coat, you want to call it, on top of it so that no one actually sees that it was one of her 
paddings. And it's hilarious because you can hear every like ripple and movement of the jacket. It's like in slow motion flying to cover over this pad on the end. And when Gokui Nam turns around, he's not even looking to the ground. It's like he doesn't even notice the coat. Yeah. But that was just really hilarious. And then all of a sudden you can tell that Say Ra's becoming interested in Secretary Yang. This girl changes her mind and man like she changes her underwear, apparently. And then um, we, of course, have Kogui Nam is paired up with Jia for their team. And <laughs> he he climbs a tree to get one of these ribbons and Jia decides just to leave him there. Yeah. Because apparently he's afraid of heights. And now we're not talking about that he scaled a hundred foot tree. This is a little baby tree and he's what? Less than 10 feet off the ground. And he's petrified and he's just clinging to it. And Gia's like, you know what, jerk? I've had enough of you. See you later. Figure it out on your own. And she heads in the other direction and leaves Gogwinam right in the tree. Yeah. Which I think is karmic justice. Exactly, because he's such a jerk. And then um, Secretary Kim and... Youngjun end up getting stuck in the rain. And they end up going, I guess, like, some type of, like, pavilion or some type of, like, structure where it has, like, a little bit of, like, overhang roof. And, you know, they're waiting out in the rain. And he talks about how he gets cold really easily and he gets sick easily. And there's a spider on a spider web, like, on the overhang. And then she starts spazzing out and he gets rid of the spider for her. And he's all nice and holds her while she's freaking out. Yeah. Because spiders are her vice. That is also her traumatic event when she remembers the kidnapping as well. Because she was a few years younger than young June. Or whoever it was. Exactly. Because we're allowed to believe that it was actually Sung Yeon. But I'm just not buying it. We'll get to (laughs) episode 8's events and how... There's some things going on that aren't quite correct. So basically, um, Young Jun and Miso are waiting out the rain. And they eventually come back, and all the meat is gone! So yeah, having... everyone else already ate. Yeah, they ate it all, so they end up with, I guess, instant ramen or something. Yeah, and kimchi. And kimchi, you gotta have the kimchi. So that was basically seven from my recollection. For some reason, like... My brain's not working this week. But episode eight. Oh, yes, 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 yes. This is where we really start to get yeah. sure about what is really going on. Yeah, we have a nice turning point because we know we're at episode eight. We're at the halfway point. Mm-hmm. We're at the usual time frame where a kiss is usually going to occur after waiting eight episodes in anticipation. And it does. <gasps> like, yes, it finally happens. Yes, it's a rather interesting uh, turn of events to get to that point. So basically, Miso thinks that her opa is Sung Yoon because he had written a, I guess, an a online journal article or entry, I should say, but he deleted it. But Jia had a copy of it, being that she's like a huge, crazy fan of Morpheus. And it, like, describes the kidnapping event. See, originally, um, Niso thought that it was Young June who was with her, and she was being really nice to him, and saying, it's great to see you again. But then when she sees this entry, then she's like, oh, so it was the wrong brother. And then she has a recollection of what happened, and she thinks that she's hearing 
that it is um, Sung Yun, but being that it's a child's memory, it's easily distorted, and you really don't know if she's actually hearing it or if it's just her inner desires thinking that that's what she heard because that would make more sense. But when we get into episode eight, like I'm going out of order for this episode. I'm not going to go in sequential order. Um, the mother asks Miso to come over because she heard from Sungyeon that Miso was with, supposedly, Sungyeon for this uh, kidnapping. And she asks her question, like, what happened? Like, oh, you know, it's really sad. But then something weird happens. She says that, eh, I don't know her exact words, but basically that he gets cold really easily. And they're like, oh, okay, so Sung Young gets cold. But then she asks him about being cold, and he likes winter, I think. He said, I think something about mm-hmm. like winter. Yeah. And to her, it's like, wait, that doesn't make sense. It's like, how can the boy that she's with not be able to handle the cold, but yet this man who's supposed to be that boy can handle the cold? And because the mother made it very clear that he still can't handle the cold, which means that there is a conspiracy on our hands. Because the one that can't handle the cold, of course, is young Jim. So it's like, what's going on? Plus, there's no marks on uh, Sung Yun's ankles, but yet there is on, of course, young Jim. And it's just like, Something weird going on because basically the two boys have conflicting stories. Young Jun says that he was bullied by his brother and the friends, but yet Sung Yun's like, "Oh no, it was Young Jun who did the bullying. And he turned my friends against me." So now we're getting this weird paradox. It's like, how can these guys be telling the truth, but yet the facts do not add up at all? It's like, how does Sung Yun have all these details of this kidnapping, but yet physiologically it could not be him that was the young boy in there? So was he present at the time? Could he have possibly witnessed? I don't know. It just seems like he knows too much, but he wasn't the actual victim. So I'm curious where his information is coming from. Because as we know, after the event, Young June, you know, fainted and pretty much forgot everything pertaining to that event, except for those little fragments of nightmares that he has of that day. Yeah, so I've been trying to make sense of it. I really can't. I mean, I know that being this is a K-drama, they're gonna throw in some type of twist that's just gonna make my head explode. I expect it. I'm hoping it's not like too big of a head explosion. <laughs> but then of course, towards the very end, we get the long awaited scenes that we have been waiting for. Yes, we get a kiss. Yes, this is after Young June tells her that, you know, they had this flirting thing going on. And it's time for them to move on to a proper dating relationship. And of course, she's reluctant at first. She's like, eh, no, 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 no. But after hearing all the stuff from the mother and talking to Sung Yun and I guess really trying to process things, she's like, oh. Plus, um, further back, she had found her employment record along with other candidates for the position that she obviously has for these past nine years and she was the least qualified out of all of these women and she asked him like why did you pick me he's like oh because you're Kimi So and it's just I guess the more she learns about him the more he really starts to give her information I guess you can see that her feelings for him are starting to change her 
mindset, I guess you could say, is not so, like, dead set against them. I don't know if it's out of pity, out of compassion, I don't know. But it's nice seeing that by the end of episode 8, she starting to, like, really accept him. So then, I forget exactly what led up to the kissing moment. I believe they were, where were they? I can't remember where they were. Do you remember so where they the were? the kiss between yeah. Young June and Miso was amazing. Especially because we see a lot of reversal from the typical K-drama kisses. Before I actually go into the details of the kiss, what actually happened, they're all at the book concert, and Sung-yeon was asked about uh, his first love, I believe, and he's talking about, basically talking about Miso without saying her name, that he's not gonna let go of her this time, and poor Miso looks just horrified in the audience because she doesn't like him that way and he's all determined to basically pursue her now and of course just outside just at the doorway young june's standing there and as he overhears this he's looks very stoic and turns around and leaves and of course when miso then sees that he leaves she's running straight after him because she doesn't want there to be this major misunderstanding especially because there have been many misunderstandings so they kind of talk in the lobby and decide to privately speak outside and we finally get a great thing where miso she actually takes the bull by the horns and she makes it clear to young june be like no i'm not going to let you misunderstand this situation be like i'm going to explain it clearly i'm gonna make how i feel known clearly which is really great to see her take that initiative so she admits that she actually likes young june <clears throat> and that she has liked him for a while and she apologizes for essentially being a coward and not being able to answer his question previously, especially because Young Jun has previously admitted before that he has romantic feelings for me, so. So, building up to the kiss is Young Jun's slowly moving in. And you're like, is it going to finally happen? We're in the episode 8. We're in the turning point. It's got to happen now. But as soon as he gets within kissing range, a flash, and he gasps, and he pulls away. He's still, but he kind of still maintaining eye contact with Miso. So it's not like he kind of ripped her away or pushed her away like he has done in previous things, but he's obviously frustrated <clears throat> with his own reaction. And this is where we see Miso step up, and she's the one, you know, she tenderly puts both of her hands on his cheeks, and she leans in, and she just gently kisses him. And to see her take that initiative in such a gentle manner really shows how much of a caring person she is and how much she actually cares about Young June, especially noting how being intimate with any woman is very traumatizing to him. 
So when she pulls away from the gentle kiss, because she's not going in to do this massive makeout session. And once she pulls away, they kind of look at each other for a moment. And then finally, just, I don't know if something switches in Young June, but he leans back in and then he finally actually kisses her for the first time on his end. So we'll actually call this, they've each initiated a kiss and it was so fun that funny that it was back to back like that because I was really concerned if we were really going to drag it out which I wouldn't have minded because we're really seeing why young June is as traumatized as he is but I really I really think it was well done the kiss I had no complaints with it it was definitely fitting it felt like the timing was right so I definitely give props to the writers and of course to uh to the great acting by Park Sejun and Parkman Young I mean they really killed it I think they have pretty great chemistry together which definitely brought the kiss to a whole nother level for me so I was I was just gung-ho that finally at the end of the episode we wrap up with a kiss Like, yes! It's like, did we finally break the barrier of this traumatic memory? Or at least he's able to somehow push it aside. And they decide that they are going to date. Finally! Uh, of course, that is going to be fun and interesting because it's going to lead to another can of worms. Because now they're going to have to be secretive at work. And at some point, they're going to notice. I mean, when, you know, they're mooning over each other and they're just going to get caught in some kind of cutesy, intimate, flirting moment. I'm just waiting for it to happen. I don't know who's going to witness it. Yeah, I have a big feeling that Youngjun's going to do something to make it so obvious, being that he is really, really transparent when it comes to me, so, like... I'm surprised that no one has figured it out sooner. Like, <laughs> really. He's, like, always asking for her, always having her around. I mean, people probably should have noticed it by Put now. Put two and two together, but, of course, <laughs> they're probably just not paying that much attention because they're all kind of scared of Young June, who's really not all that scary. When you get beyond it. Yeah. Most of it's a front he puts yeah. up. And I did remember seeing the little clip at the very end for what's going to happen in the next episode. But I've forgotten it. <laughs> but I, I think that someone's going to notice. I think, if I remember correctly, it it gets out to someone. And of course, then we have to deal with dear older brother. Uh, he's going to react when he finds out. It's going to be bad. And in stereotypical K-drama fashion it's going to be brother against brother and it's going to be a lot of cruel actions i have a feeling because it seems like um sung yoon is not going to take this line down at all because he really wants me so and he always wants what his little brother has so it's going to be bad so i imagine that the second half of this season is going to be a lot of brother rivalry and of course getting more clarification on what actually happened 
during the kidnapping, the full motives, why um, Young Jun can't remember anything. Why does Big Brother have all these memories that obviously aren't his? And hopefully, also like we were talking earlier, um, the parents, uh, Young Jun and Sung Yun's parents, like their relationship seems really off to me. Like it seems like the mother is like really ticked at the father about something. I don't know. Like I know you can say, oh well, she's just a rich woman. She's you know she has a rich husband, so she's just getting all these purses. But I think there's something underlying going on in the relationship. I don't know. I guess it probably stems with from what happened to Young June. But I don't know because it's weird that the mother really wanted to meet me so and was like saying all these strange things. I don't know. But anywho, we have a lot of ideas what could be happening in the second half. We'll have to see what happens. But what do you all think will be happening? Oh, that's a very good question. There are so many theories. I definitely think that now that Youngjun and Miso have kind of confirmed their relationship, I think the least or the smallest hurdle they'll face is when it breaks out across the office. That they're in a relationship and what that's going to lead to. Because as you remember, Miso is only planning to stay there for, what, a month? Yeah. So I'm not sure on the timeline how much time's actually passed, but we're probably getting pretty close to her month being up. So I'm curious how her being in a relationship with young June, if that's going to affect her decision to leave or she'll decide to stay. Yeah, being that it's a, an office romance, in most cases, when they have that, one of the partners has to leave the job. So we have to see if she's actually going to leave or if figure something else out i don't know yeah but we're definitely building up to some kind of hurdle or major conflict every time something goes good in drama land something equally bad always happens it's like clockwork yeah it's murphy's law for (laughs) k-dramas something goes bad it will but in this case for every romantic action there is a horrible and soul-crushing reaction Mm -hmm. basically And I think even with the brothers feuding over who actually gets Miso, even though there's really no question because Miso's dating Young June and that's who she likes, I'm not sure that Sun will really back down. I don't think so. Because, you know, he's been warring with his brother since they were little kids, fighting over everything. And it's continued into their adulthood. So, of course, they're going to be battling over Miso. But I think even more than the battling, I think the bigger conflict, if you ask me, may be something stemming from this history. I feel like there's going to be some big, massive reveal that kind of throws a wrench in everyone's plans. And for some reason, Miso and Young Jun may end up being separated for a while. I don't know, it just seems like the setup could possibly go in that direction, especially I don't know what happened in childhood because they're slowly revealing that in fragments of flashback. So hopefully they finish revealing that before it's over. So we actually get some time to reveal other issues and conflicts because usually they kind of wait towards the end and everything's all thrown together like in the last two episodes. I'd like to find out more about this past fully 
you know, over the next couple episodes, hopefully. Yeah, I like to have a more slower reveal and not just like wham, bam, you know, knock you off your socks, way too much drama, I'm dying by the end of it. be nice, you know, we get, you know, a reveal, a revelation, and then we have like at least an episode where they start to deal with it and build upon it slowly. Because I'd rather have that where, you know, they're, they're deciphering these little mini clues bit by bit instead of just throwing all this drama at us and then just ending. The show was, okay, this is what's going to happen at the very end. That's it. Especially since this is a more lighthearted drama. There isn't anything too heavy and dark, but I know we're going to have some kind of major conflict. Yeah, there has to be. That's how it works. Especially when you have this type of uh, traumatic event. That it's gonna ramp it up a bit. Except for we have eight episodes left, so we'll just have to see which way the writers go. And uh, I don't, I know that this is based off of a webtoon, which originally was a novel. I don't really know much about the original source material, so we'll have to see maybe once I get a chance to like do some research how true it's being to the original material. It's gonna be interesting to look at once we're finished the actual show. I don't know. Yeah, because usually it seems like when it comes to adaptions to things that were webtoons, usually they kind of use the webtoon more as kind of like a guideline or rough draft, and they change up the story a great deal. So kind of hoping that they say somewhat true to the source material, whatever that may be. But of course I do like the added differences and elements. So I don't know if anyone's actually read any of this material. I know I haven't. I think one of my burning questions regarding Young Jun is, does he really not know as much as he claims to know? For me, like one of the red flag moments was <clears throat> when Miso came over to his house to organize his library and she came across all those resumes. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she saw all the people who were overqualified, which she talked about. And she saw herself. And when she had questioned Young Jun, where he had said to her, well, because you're Kim Miso. And he kind of really didn't elaborate on that. So it makes me think, is it, does he actually remember her and her name from the childhood? Because I think he made some excuse that she was the least qualified. So, you know, they'd have a hard time together while they were in the state. And, and she wouldn't be able to quit, so she'd be stuck with them. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I don't buy it. I don't either. <laughs> it seems like every move Young Jun makes is very calculated and meticulous and well played. He knows exactly what he's doing and how he's going to ex execute it. He's very brilliant. So at the end of the day, I... I don't know. I believe there's something. Even if he doesn't remember everything, I feel like he knows more than he's letting on to me so. And I'm hoping that doesn't end up being a big conflict that he actually remembers something, but he's keeping it secret for maybe because he was sworn to secrecy by his parents or another source. Is he protecting someone? Who oh. knows? I'm just... I have so many theories. No, this isn't like a mystery or a thriller type of drama, but it just brings out so many questions of which way is it actually gonna go. And at this point, I just really don't know. I just feel like it could go any way. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we love K-drama so much, is that we don't know what's gonna happen from one episode to another, and it just draws you in, and then you wanna play Sherlock Holmes. 
Like, that's what happens to me. I'm a huge mystery buff. So, for this, it's just like, detective, yay! But, yeah. Um, also, I think maybe his being drawn to her could also be instinctual. Although he psychologically cannot remember her, like, because of the trauma. Like, somehow... He recognizes he, her. Like, yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they are soulmates or whatever, but... Like, he recognizes her somehow from being that little girl, and he's comfortable with her. I don't know. Human beings are complex. Mind you, this is a television show, so it's not going to be like, ooh, super deep, but who knows? Well, we'll just have to wait till, I guess, tomorrow, which is July 4th, Wednesday, for the next episode and see what happens. And then Thursday's the other new episode. Yeah, I can't wait to see how things go. And aside from the main couples, I've been actually intrigued by some of the side characters. No, usually I'm not always a big fan of them because they use a lot of kind of the tropes sometimes with those characters can be a little over the top. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually intrigued by Goguinam. I know he's this total tool. You know, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just kind of curious what's going to happen when Gia, is she going to end up moving into that apartment? Are they going to end up crossing paths a lot more yeah because he had told her when she moves in when she gets takeout that she has to give him half of her takeout i mean that's really presumptuous of him because he doesn't want her to waste it's like i do get your own food poor girl so i like part of me doesn't want her moving in there because who wants to be stuck with a guy like that who's going to hound her over every little thing but part of me thinks it'd be kind of funny that she finds some way to like put him in his place yeah because they have such a different dynamic that Mm-hmm. Maybe they could help balance each other out, or maybe it's just going to explode and <laughs> and somebody has to leave. Yeah, who knows? Like, I don't ship them romantically, but I think that they're just really funny with their interactions. And of course, then we have good old Sarah, who, you know, is so crazy for Go Guinam. But now, after the event at the retreat, she's got the thing for... Secretary Yang, and then it's really funny with the macaroons and the misunderstandings, thinking they're from him, but they're not. They're actually from another co-worker, a female co-worker. Mm-hmm. And she ended up texting Secretary Yang about it, and he was, like, asking what the deal is, and she was just saying that she likes food or something. It was just really funny. You could see her embarrassment. She's really funny. I like her. I kind of feel bad for Sarah. Like, you can really see where she's lonely. No, not only craving relationships but friendships and I just don't think she knows how to navigate them because she's always kind of really over the top and her personality either you like it or you don't and said even her co-workers mercilessly Mm -hmm. are teasing her yeah she's quite an interesting lady but you can't help but like her I really do hope that she either a find someone that can deal with all her idiosyncrasies or at least she finds a way to have better work relationships with her co-workers and has more confidence in herself but not like this like overinflated sense of confidence that she's having thinking that she was going to replace Miso as the new secretary and everything she needs to have a little humility she can be a bit too much yeah and she's not always nice and no. she does have her scheming moment she is a schemer mm-hmm I don't know. I guess a part of me, you know, I guess feels a little bad for her. Yeah. <laughs> I hope something works out for her. 
think other than that, that was... I think we covered most of the important points. I think so. There's probably little bits and pieces that I've forgotten over these two weeks. It's gonna happen. I can't help it, sorry. But those are the main ones. The kiss was like the big, big woo moment where you finally see, you know, results. Yes, we've finally gotten over the hurdle. Yay! Now with that said, I think we can break into, let's talk about our scene of the week from Secretary Kim. Yes. I mean, of course, the kiss was a great, great thing, but we'll try to pick a scene of the week that is a little different and not as predictable as the kiss, because the kiss was awesome. I guess I will have to go with at the retreat when Sayra's breast pad, we want to call it, falls out of her shirt and Secretary Yang throws his suit coat over it. Like, and there's just something about it that I just was laughing and I was like, oh, oh man, this is hilarious. Uh, it just really stuck out for me. Plus it's, you know, a hint of maybe some romance for our dear friend Sayra. What about you? I think my scene of the week, I'm probably going to have to go back to the barbecue scene. (laughs) So after all is said and done and things didn't go according to plan at the retreat and everyone ate all of the grilled meat on them, um, Young Jun decides, oh, I'm going to have a barbecue and I'm going to invite Secretary Kim over. But of course, he has no idea what he's doing. So he gives his good old buddy Yusik a ring and they end up at the grocery store and he's like, I have no idea what to get. Please help me. So Yusik's going around. He's like, oh, this is the best meat. You got to have this and this and that and these potatoes. And he's filled up the cart with all kinds of meats. And Yusik, he's super duper excited. They check out. They're leaving. Everything gets packed up. Young June gets in the back of his car and, sorry, says bye to Yusik. But like, oh yeah, by the way, we're not having a barbecue together. <laughs> and poor Yusik. I mean, you couldn't help but laugh at the same time, feel sorry for him. Because he was so into this barbecue and wanting these meats. And he's so sad and so upset when Young June's like, I'm sorry, I have plans with someone else, but uh, thanks for all your help. And he leaves him with the shopping cart. <laughs> and furthermore, I know this is kind of more of an extended scene, but it leads into when the barbecue actually happens and Young June burned all of the meat. I mean, that was just so humorous because at the point that miso comes over, there's a few pieces of meat on the grill. And while they're talking, he ends up burning it. And next thing you know, you see the whole garbage can is full of burnt meat. That whole setup and that whole scene, that for me was the scene of the week. It was just too funny. It was golden. It was memorable, kind of in a realistic way, and poor Yusuf got the shaft. And then he comes over with his alcohol, and that's where uh, Miso was on top of Young June, and he's like, oh, I'm interrupting. (laughs) He was really hoping for his barbecue, and he still didn't get it. Poor Yusuf. Yeah. 
He puts up with so much. <laughs> but he's great comic relief. He just seems the things he does and says. Just when you least expect it. Just adding an extra humorous element to the story. And so I think we've talked long enough about Secretary Cam. Probably too much. Absolutely. So we've come to the end. If you made it this far, we must have done something right. We hope. Thank you for watching and supporting our podcast, which is hosted by Castos. If anyone has any suggestions for further or future segments or recommendations for other shows to watch, please feel free to leave us a comment on the blog. It started with a kdrama.com. If you have the time, please also take a moment to rate this podcast and leave us comments. We are available through Castos, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Until next time, Annyeong! Annyeong!